Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks, and today we have a special guest upgrader. It's Murph. Hello. I don't know if I'm that special of a guest. Yeah. We've done a few of these now, so. Yeah, but it's special to me. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I I think it's pretty special too. And we brought you in for a specific reason. Because you thought a pun was very funny is the reason. (laughs) Because we're upgrading the Murfolk deck. Ah, get it? Murph? Murfolk? Uh, it's the uh, Merfolk upgrade, guys. All right, Merf. now I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> we are upgrading the Simic Merfolk Precon from Lost Caverns of Ixalan. This is green, it's blue, it is full of Merfolk, it is full of exploring, uh, which you will find out once we get into the commanders. Today we are going to talk about what is in this box when you buy it off the shelf, mechanically, financially, and we are going to give you 10 cards to add to it to get it in peak fighting shape for your next game night. And of course, the 10 cards you take out to make room for those upgrades. But before we get into any of that, we're going to talk about a lot of magic cards today. You can pick up any of the ones that we mentioned and this sealed precon over at cardkingdom.com slash command. I am so in love with all of the precons from this set. I think they're really well built. They're really well priced and they have some really sweet cards in them. And you can pick those up over at Card Kingdom. They have a great selection to pick up all the cards you're looking for. We're magic players. We're picky about the what printing and what condition they're in. And at Card Kingdom, you have a huge selection to choose from. And when you buy them, they're going to be in one tidy package that's going to be delivered to you safe on your doorstep. So you're not going to question the condition the cards are going to be in when they arrive on your doorstep. What Very they're going important. to be. I want my stuff to, to be near mint and stay that. That's please. why I paid for it that way. <laughs> please ship it considerably. Consider con, considerately. Considerately. Yeah. Oh my, my brain goodness. Got like at the exact same <laughs> Again, guardkingdom.com slash command. And if you go to ultrapro.com slash command, you can get all sorts of awesome ultra pro products, any sort of accessories that you need for all of your gaming needs, sleeves, playmats, deck boxes, and this specific set, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, has so much 
such cool art in it, it really does, that yeah. I really, really love that I'm, I'm super excited to get a playmat of maybe one of these merfolk or something like that yeah. in there. So, yeah. Playing again, a Murph deck? Playing a Murph deck. Gotta have the Murph folk. I'll sign my own playmat. Can we put your yeah. face over it? Like, uh, just get a little... We uh, definitely can't. Just yes. do a little Murph let's, over Let's talk the to Murpho. Ultra Crow and see if we can get that made. <laughs> Special edition Special Murph edition, plan. yeah. We can do that at, like, maybe the next... Uh, Okay, we'll uh, talk to them. <laughs> Magic <Con> or something <laughs> like that. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, ultrapro.com slash command. The final way to support us is directly over at uh, patreon.com slash command zone. Our patrons are the lifeblood of this show. You make the podcast possible, game nights, extra turns. Plus, there's some sweet perks for being one. You get access to game nights and extra turns a day early and without ads. Uh, that means there's no spoilers. You're not seeing anybody ruining stuff for you in the comments. And you get to be a part of the last line of defense against little mistakes in the game. Our patrons are a huge help in finding stuff before the final episode goes out yeah. so fun fact rachel yeah you know in this last game nice episode the doctor who episode yeah that we had there yeah. was actually a whole like minute long chunk that we had to take out because we got a card ruling wrong yep uh they made that its way into the patreon version but then some patrons were like hey the card doesn't work caught like it that. they caught it it didn't so affect then, the game but it did affect how yeah, the yeah, card yeah. worked exactly yeah. so it, it was near the end of the game it didn't really matter so we just took that minutes long chunk took it out and if you go to patreon.com slash command zone and become a patreon you can then see the mistake you can compare them side by side and see what mistake we made yeah, that's yeah. a fun incentive. <laughs> Plus, every single podcast episode, we shout out one lucky patron. And this episode is dedicated to, to Randall, Randall Flood. Flood. Randall. You rock. You do rock. And this is the perfect <laughs> episode to be brought to you by Randall. Be, be, because of the flood? Yeah, because his, his last name's Flood. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not spelled like Flood, like Mario's backpack from like Mario Sunshine, you know, yeah. where he sprays water all over the place. I don't. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I was okay. here for the Merfolk joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Randall. Thanks, Randall. You rock. Thanks you so much. rock. All right, let's get into the main topic of this episode. We're talking about the explorers of the deep precon. It's green. It's blue. It's full of fish. Yep. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> we're going to get to know this deck before we get into the upgrades. We know that we're making the changes that need to be made to make this deck better. And the first thing we need to know is who the commanders are. Let's yeah. meet the face commander. So first up, this is the face one. We got Hawkball of the Surging Soul. Two, a green and a blue uh, legendary creature, Merfolk. It's a 3-3. Three, three. At the beginning of combat on your turn, each Merfolk creature you control explores. Uh, that's reveal the top card of your library. You can put that into your hand if it's a land otherwise you put a 1-1 counter on the exploring creature and then you can choose to leave it there or put the card into your graveyard so it's sort of exploring. like surveil plus <laughs> yeah and then it also has whenever it attacks you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield but if you don't draw a card pretty so good that's a lot of text that's a simic commander for you Simic commander uh but it's very clearly focusing on merfolk and exploring Right. So if this is the commander that we're building around slash the deck is built around, then that's that's what we want to be doing. Right. Play Merfolk, explore as much as possible. Absolutely. So that is seems to be a very Merfolk focused commander. The backup is not as Merfolk focused. And I know I'm going to say this wrong. So <laughs> sorry. It's Sholatoyak, the Smiling Flood. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's smiling. He's smiling. He's, he's, he's such so a little cute. cutie. He's I would, 
I would say he's a little guy, but he's not a little he's guy. He's not a little guy. He is a, specifically a big guy. He's yeah. a salamander serpent for four green and a blue six altogether for a six six. When Sholatoyak enters the battlefield or attacks, put a flood counter on target land. But not the flood counters you remember. That land is an ad- island in addition to its other types for as long as uh, it has a flood counter on it. And at the beginning of your end step, untap each permanent you control with a counter on it. So the flood counters of the past usually like turn whatever it's flooding into an island yeah, entirely. It, w- it would override it completely. Like right. it's no longer a mountain. It's just an island. It only taps for blue. Whereas this, they seem to have changed it a little bit. And I'm glad they're doing this with templating it a little bit because yeah. they're like, hey, it's in addition to its other types. So that way you can get some cool island walk shenanigans or whatever else you might dream up. Yeah. But you're not mana screwing your opponents. Yes. So that is what's going on here. So clearly we're doing counters stuff, which makes sense with Explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also gives you a way to put counters on your lands so you can untap your lands at the beginning of the end step, which is a ton of fun, but not necessarily dedicated to either exploring or merfolk. So these appear to go in slightly different correct directions. Yeah, the the synergy is quite clear, right? Like it makes things an island and merfolk oftentimes do care about island walking mm-hmm. again, but... I don't know, it itself is not a merfolk, and it cares about untapping things, which merfolk... Sometimes do. Sometimes do, but not always. Yeah, in a, a lot of times merfolk have tap synergies, like if you have mm-hmm. Kamena or something in the command zone, but it's not quite as reliable as, like, it's on every merfolk. Definitely so, a cool card, though. Really, really neat. I And this has been the case for a lot of these precons where the face commander is very clearly a dedicated creature type commander. Yeah. This is a dedicated dinosaur commander, a dedicated vampire commander. This is a dedicated merfolk commander. And then they give you a backup one that is synergistic uh, mechanically, but mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a specifically creature type yeah. uh, deck. I like your notes here that in all bold say, look at his face. Look at his little <laughs> face. <laughs> He's got a squishy little smile. He's so cute. I really do like him. <laughs> he's. I like that he's uh, like Coma's cute little brother. <laughs> if if th- this is what Coma looks like, uh, like I don't care how broken Coma is, I would slam that in Playing every single Coma deck now, I possibly yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like both of these commanders, we're going to get to know the deck a little bit more so we can decide who goes in the command zone. If there's more counter synergies, if there's more merfolk synergies, it means it's time to break down the stats. All right. Very so good. stats wise, mm-hmm. we've got about 13 pieces of ramp. Okay. All right. Pretty good. I like 13, especially yep. for a deck that has a pretty low curve and gives you a reliable way to draw your lands. Yep. It's pretty much perfect. We like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got 16 draw. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Quite high. Uh, but again, a little bit too much draw is always better than not enough draw. Absolutely. I will always take more than less. So Hawkball gives you card advantage and ramp uh, are both options. Sholatoy gives you sort of ramp, but it's more untapped stuff. Yep. So it looks like we're getting more of that value from the com- in the command zone from Hawkball. But 16's plenty for either. Nice. We've got 10 pieces of interaction yeah and that's about right yeah and a lot of this is on merfolk which have sort of like sleep abilities or bounce abilities so it's not necessarily permanent removal it's more tempo based removal which is how merfolk often work so i think uh 10 might be a little bit low just based on the interaction we do have in Mm -hmm. the deck but the deck is fairly aggressive so maybe you don't want to spend all your time interacting maybe you're just bonking yeah and you put down here one and a half board wipes yeah 
So what is the half? <laughs> there is one that just doesn't answer the entire board. It, it's an aetherize, uh, but it does answer like a huge amount of problems. Yeah, so it's a very specific type of thing. It will make you not die, ideally, yeah, if and you're getting attacked. But It's like sort of in the board wipe slot, but it doesn't exactly do what board wipes want to do all the time. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of understandable why you don't want a ton of board wipes because you are quite permanent based. Mm -hmm. You want to have your board. And if you don't have a board, then you're kind of getting screwed. That being said, there will be plenty of times when you just need to have a board wipe. Yeah. And there's really only one kind of two in the deck. And so it's a little bit on the low side. Yeah, I would agree. I would probably want two for this, especially bounce wipes. Um, Merfolk's curve is very low. So Mm -hmm. if you bounce the whole board, you can deploy your hand a lot faster than your opponents can and try and get reset up for big attacks. So having another bounce wipe probably helpful here. Mm -hmm. And then overall, we've got 36 lands. Uh, 16 of those are basics. Okay. I think that's fine. 20 non-basic lands is plenty. Yep. Uh, my concern when I built a Merfolk deck is that the deck is very blue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Merfolk are specifically extremely blue dedicated. Yes. But you do have these green spells and you do need access to green mana, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to cast Hawkball. So you don't want to lean on basics really heavily because... Yeah. You want a ton of blue sources, but also do need that green. Duels actually go a really, really long way in making sure that you have it. Yeah. But that being said, it is a two-color deck, so you shouldn't be... be yeah, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> so okay. that's the stats of... Yeah, that's the, those are the general the stats that just like any deck yeah. needs these things to work. And overall, it looks fairly healthy. A little bit low on interaction, especially when we don't have interaction in the command zone and board wipes, of course. Yeah, we've been doing these for a long time and almost every time it's like, yeah, these are reasonable numbers. Yeah. They've gotten two reasonable numbers with these, which I'm glad to see. Now, this second chunk of stats helps us break down the deck and get to know this deck specifically. So we understand what exactly it's designed to do. Starting with the first most important number. How many merfolk are in here Rachel? 34 merfolk, so many. That's actually great. I love that a lot because one thing that can be an issue with these commander decks is they can pull a couple different directions or they can have a scenario where there's a theme, but the theme is not pushed far enough. Mm. And so whenever you have your synergy pieces in there, you're like, oh, but I want more of this one thing, like say you're an enchantment deck, but doesn't have quite enough enchantments to fulfill that criteria, then it can feel a little bit not great. However, given that you have 34 merfolk in the deck, you're almost always going to have merfolk to play and the deck will just feel very merfolk centric. Definitely. Which I like a lot. And I like that number, the 34 merfolk, especially when combined with this next number, which is the cards that care about merfolk specifically. There are 18 Merfolk Matters cards in this deck. Yeah. Oh, so perfect. 18 cards that care about you having Merfolk, which means you need to have access to Merfolk or your deck is not doing the thing. Yeah. Like, this is great because the deck is very, very synergistic. Yeah. Uh, skipping ahead to a little bit of how it plays, but overall, this deck plays great. Yeah, it. Uh, I looked at the list and was like, I'm not going to make a ton of changes to yeah. this overall. Like, it just works and has a lot of the pieces that we've come to expect and like in Merfolk decks. Yeah, like straight up, if you take this deck and play it out of the box, you will be happy and have a good time with it. Now, yeah. are there improvements you can make? Yes, 
but it's really solid out of the box. The interesting thing about this is the box for this is Explorers of the Deep, plus one, plus one counters, explore for lands and buffs. Nowhere on this does it say Merfolk deck. That's probably because, uh, well, maybe not, but maybe it's uh, like, like a regular person at Target that's looking at magic products. I guess, but Is like, going to be like, what the heck is merfolk? <laughs> I suppose, but like, I don't know. You figure it out. You know what merfolk Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like it's exclusive to magic. It's like, such a strange, because all of the other precons do have that. So yeah. it really surprised me that this one wasn't labeled as a merfolk deck. And maybe that's why it's just not quite as accessible. Because but it has when so you much look, in it. <laughs> when you look at this next number, which is just the number of cards that say explore or make map tokens there are only two in the deck there's two things that explore in the entire deck it's not an explore deck unless you have a hawk ball in the command zone who obviously you're going to be doing a lot of exploring yeah but the deck isn't dedicated to exploring at all there are three cards in it that say explore matters and those don't do anything unless you have hawk ball in the command zone and on the battlefield of course because there's very very few slots dedicated to actually exploring yeah but the plus one plus one counters theme they're not lying about because they're yeah. 17 things that care about counters. Yeah, it was 17 things that specifically put counters, put counters on, on stuff. It, excuse me. So this could be plus one counters. This could be uh, charge counters or anything like that. Yeah, this is counters. a yeah a number check for uh, Sholatoyek to see how dedicated we are to that. Yeah, do we care more about the counters aspect of things or do we care more about the merfolk aspect of things, even though that wasn't really advertised on the box? Right. Uh, and 17 for counters matter or for that put counters is a little lower than what we want mm-hmm. for a deck that's built around counters. So we would want that number to be at least 25, probably closer to 30. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, it's the Merfolk Wincon way. We wanted to count the number of Anthem effects in the deck to see how big these guys are going to get. Overall, there's six. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I'd it. say so. And they get plenty big yeah. from Hawkball. So I think that you are going to have the power that you want uh, out of this deck. Yeah. So all that being said... Who would we run as the commander? I think it's pretty obvious that Hawkball is what the deck wants because mm-hmm. it has the critical mass of Merfolk. There are lots of counter synergies and counter matters in the deck, mm-hmm. and Hawkball will just be giving counters willy-nilly to all of your Merfolk. So it it is at that cross-section of Merfolk and counters, and a lot of Merfolk in and of themselves also just care about counters. Like old Ixalan had Explore, some Merfolk yep. care about that from that set. So... I think it's just a much better choice and provides a heck of a lot more value. Yeah, I I think our smiley salamander friend is a super sweet commander, but is not necessarily built to be put in the command zone of this deck. Yeah. All right. All of that out of the way, we are going to dive into what comes in this box financially in just a few minutes after a few words from our sponsors. Hey everyone, we're so excited to tell you about a brand new card game that we've been playing and it's called Kinfire Delve Vainglory's Grotto. Yeah, it's a tactical co-op card game where you go through a dungeon full of enemies, obstacles, and traps all to reach the epic boss fight down below. Each player picks a different character with unique strengths and abilities. I chose Asha, who's really good at setting up big damage combos. Yeah, and I was Kor, a protector who soaks up hits and helps take down tough challenges. It's quick to learn, but has a ton of depth. Every single game felt very different 
and they all got pretty intense. Yeah, and that last one, we were completely out of resources by the final boss fight, and we just barely pulled it off. Yeah, it was super close. You really have to think strategically and plan ahead, so if you're a Magic player, well, it helps. The best part is the whole box is only $20. Yeah, and it's a two-player game right now, but they are releasing a four-player version and a standalone expansion next year. It's perfect for a commander pod. You know, just talking about it makes me want to play again. You yeah. want to go? Yeah, I totally do. Order Kinfire Delve Vainglory's Grotto right now at kinfiredelve.com and use code COMMAND10 at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's kinfiredelve.com with code COMMAND10 or find it at your local game store starting November 21st. Kinfire Delve Vainglory's Grotto. It's a whole lot of game for just 20 bucks. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to talk about the reprint value of the Explorers of the Deep pre-con Um we always give a couple of caveats before we start sharing all of these numbers. Of course, this value only takes into account the reprints in the deck. Those are the only things that we know the prices on. There are 68 reprints in this deck. 12 of the cards are new cards and their value will not be included in this. We don't know how valuable they are yet. Uh, and then the rest are basic lands, which are not usually considered in the reprint value of these decks. Um, this deck is currently being uh, pre-ordered for $40, uh, which is about what we expect for set pre-cons. Really yep. happy to see these back at the 40, which is where we expect them to be. Yeah, unfortunately uh, subject to change. The, yes. <laughs> there um, are sometimes where decks will spike, like looking at the Doctor Who decks. We yeah. were like, oh, the value of those are pretty good. And then the timey-wimey deck like shot way up. And yeah, and the, it blew a lot of these numbers. Yeah, but. and so... Keep in mind that our, the math we're doing is using $40 as a pre-order price. Yeah. Now, that being said, the reprint value for this deck is $152.75. It's so oh, good. Oh, that is good stuff. It's so good. Thank and you, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> all of these pre-cons are like that. I mean, every single pre-con from Lost Caverns of Ixalan has the value to support just the $40 price, which is what we're used to paying for these and we're so excited to see it yeah to give you a little bit of context for this 152 dollars and 75 cents uh first of all all of this is taken before the list comes out so of course those numbers will go down once they are announced but this number is great to compare it with precons the average reprint value of precons that have come out this year so you get an idea for where the decks are at the same time which is before the the list is released so currently 
So this one's at $152.75. The All Will Be One pre-cons at the same time averaged $101.20. March of the Machine averaged $97. Lord of the Rings averaged $126.44. Remember, the Lord of the Rings pre-cons cost more to purchase. The Commander Masters pre-cons averaged $152.06, but the Commander Masters pre-cons cost double this yeah at least yeah some of them were going for like 110 yeah the sliver and eldrazi ones were both like above like 100 bucks yeah and this is a 40 dollar deck and it is above the average reprint value barely but of the commander masters <laughs> by only a few cents a but few we'll cents it. but it counts <laughs> uh which means it was above like probably two of the other pre-cons from yep. commander masters right uh wilds of eldraine averaged at 112 and 90 cents and we were pretty happy with those because they were 40 dollar decks doctor who pre-cons Average around $110.17. Those ones are a little funky because there's so many new cards in them, but this is clearly higher reprint value than those. A little bit more context, because like we said, a lot of these, the MSRP, the pre-order price fluctuated wildly throughout the year. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell exactly what like how much value you're actually getting so mm -hmm. what we've been doing is taking a bang for your buck value which is taking the reprint value of the deck the total reprint value and dividing it by the pre-order price so what you could pick it up for before these lists were announced and then you find out like how much card value you're getting for each one american dollar that you spend uh, so All Will Be One was $2.53 of card value for every $1 you spend. March Not of the bad. Machine was $2.42. Lord of the Rings were $2.53, so pretty good for what they cost. Commander Masters pre-cons were abysmal at $1.90. Mm -hmm. You're barely, like netting any money yeah. uh, like any card value wilds of eldraine precons were two dollars and 82 cents which was awesome we were very excited about that doctor who precons were about two dollars and 20 cents and again the explorers of the deep precon at 40 dollars was 152 dollars and 75 cents which makes its bang for your buck value three dollars and 82 cents of cards <sighs> For your $1 spend. Wow. Yeah, given all these other things that you just listed, I feel like about $2.50 per bank for your buck. Pretty normal. Yeah, that, that that would be considered good, right? Right. Like, we're pretty happy if it's $2.50. Yeah, this I was is... like, oh, we won was solid. We were happy with Wilds of Eldraine because it was almost three. Yeah. And it's a dollar more than that. Yeah, this at $3.82 is absolutely nuts. And the crazy part about it is even if... For whatever reason, just because of how markets work, if this gets uh, the price goes up and uh, people start charging, like, say, $60 mm -hmm. for this deck instead of 40 this deck is still quite worth it at that price point. It's still pretty good, which yep. is great. And if you want to calculate the bang for your buck at it, based on whatever price you see on the shelf, you can just take that $152.75 and divide it by whatever price you can find. And then you'll get the adjusted bang for your buck value. Are you asking commander players to do math, Rachel? Oh. <laughs> math. Commander for, players don't do math. Math Come is on. for sellers. <laughs> math is for retailers. 
So, I mean, that number in a vacuum is a really exciting number, right? This high, high value. But it's even more exciting when you get to look at the specific cards that are reprinted in this deck. Let's talk about the notable reprints, which is all of the cards that are worth over $5 in the deck, of which there are seven. Yeah. So the one that I'm most excited about slash the one that is needed the most is Branching Evolution. A huge reprint with sweet new art. Yeah, that's the Tuna Green Enchantment. If one or more plus one plus one counters will be put on a creature you control, twice that many plus one plus one counters are put on that creature instead. And that's $21. And it's just that high because I believe its only printing was in the original Jumpstart product. It was in Jumpstart, yeah. It's really hard to get your hands on that version. So to have it in a pre-con that you can pick up for 40 bucks and get this card immediately with the, it's the green god. Yeah. Who's gorgeous by the way <laughs> very cool to yeah, have so this card yeah this printing should hopefully just absolutely tank this price which is great so. because commander players like plus one plus one counters they like counters synergies and those cards that uh plus one plus one counter synergies care about like doubling doubling season, season all that still print that thing into the ground let commander players play with their doubling seasons mm-hmm. and their branching evolutions please Very exciting yes love this <laughs> i couldn't believe the price of this next reprint if i'm honest because it has been slowly creeping up for years sitting at 13 dollars metallic mimic metallic is mimic catching a reprint here yeah isn't that wild i mean it commander players love creature type decks and metallic mimic is just an easy solid two drop in any of those decks yeah i i think it's good because one is colorless and Mm -hmm. because a lot of these types of decks will want creatures that are at high mana value say you're making a dragon deck well most of those things are going to be high mana value so in order to fill out your curve stuff like metallic mimic is really really good Mm -hmm. lower end on that and just it, it does a lot of things for the value. Yeah, I this card is sneaky great every time it hits the battlefield. It's an anthem effect that even if you remove the metallic mimic, which doesn't often happen, uh, they get to keep those that uh, buff, which is very yeah, exciting. Because they'll just put the 1-1 counter on it. Uh, another great reprint for these kinds of decks and in the appropriate art, thank goodness. Yes, Kindred Discovery. Uh, three blue blue uh, enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, you draw a card. This card, stupid powerful. <laughs> it's ridiculous, especially in decks like this one yes. where the curve is so low. Yeah. Because you can cast your Merfolk draw a card, cast another Merfolk draw a card, attack with two Merfolk draw two cards. Yeah. Plus all of your explore triggers, you are going to have a huge grip of cards always with this deck. Heck, this card you can slam in a dragon's deck, and it's still nuts. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> but in something that's this low to the ground like Merfolk, it's just crazy. Every time I see Kindred Discovery, I'm like, eh, it's so expensive. And yeah. then you see it in play, and you're like, that card's such an issue. Dude, if you can <laughs> no. stick a Kindred Discovery in play, you will have a very high chance of winning that game. Yeah, I mean, it's like Smothering Tithe in yeah. that way, where it's like feels expensive when you cast it, and then you're like, oh, I think I just, I think it just won me the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love, love, love to see it. It got printed a little bit more recently, but the fact that it's still $11 speaks to its power, and hopefully it'll continue to go down with this printing. Another big sea beastie uh, reprint is Thassa, God of the Sea. Two and a blue for a indestructible god. As long as your devotion to blue is less than five, she isn't a creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one, and one and a blue target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. She's 5-5, five, five, naturally. Uh, good old OG Theros gods. I 
it's so funny to see Thassa in this deck because she's not a merfolk. Yeah. <laughs> she's not really like doing, I guess the scry works with explore, but not really. Not really. Like yeah, you're just scrying much. a land at the top so you can yeah, draw it, I suppose. Yeah, you're not making one big thing that you want to make unblockable. Yeah. Sure. It, you- she's a little weird in this deck, <laughs> yeah. but... She's very expensive at $9.75. Very expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's so expensive for this card. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's been printed since the original Theros. I uh, It was in the secret layer, but I can't think of any other printings. Oh, yes. It, it did have the secret layer printed as constellation well. The constellation Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this card does win games. If you have a big thing, it goes in those decks and can cheese out a win in no time. So, yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't mind it because the rest of the deck is so tightly knit that yeah. throwing in a couple like, here's yeah, a good flavor. Reprints. It's flavorful. Re- yeah, it's She's god of the sea. Like, that's totally fine. I like that a lot. The next one is one of the most powerful Ixalan merfolk, especially in a deck like this, sitting at $6.50. It's Herald of Secret Streams. You know this card? This card's oh, awesome. The... Creatures you control with counters on it just oh, can't be blocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've lost to this card so many times. Back when Magic Arena was in closed beta, I sure. think it was, it was like just Ixalan slash Rivals of Ixalan. Yep. They gave you like 60 packs and said, go for it, build decks. <laughs> <laughs> and so okay. I lost to this card so many times. Yeah, this one's busted. Uh, I mean, it's it goes in every plus one plus one counter deck with blue in it and um can absolutely close a game out especially in a deck like this that is going to be exploring so many times and hopefully is the counter synergy to really uh bring the room together yeah assuming that hawkball is your commander it's such a good overlap of it's a merfolk but also cares about plus one plus one counters guess what your commander does Cares about Merfolk and puts plus one plus one counters on things yeah pretty good reprint happy to see it here love it and then next up we have kumina tyrant of arazka yeah, this is um, the sort of go-to merfolk commander currently. Yeah, as, as far as blue-green goes, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, Kumena is a three-mana merfolk shaman, green and blue, so it could be the commander of this command of this deck if you'd like to play the commander deck. But it has three activated abilities. Tap another untapped merfolk you control. Kumena can't be blocked this turn. Tap three untapped merfolk you control. Draw a card. Tap five untapped merfolk you control. Put a counter on each merfolk you control. Yeah. A little bit of counters, a lot of card draw, a lot of merfolk. Yeah. Very powerful card. Uh, just does tons of work as long as you can get a lot of merfolk out, which this deck seems to have no problem with. Yep. Like, if you wanted to, you could run this as your commander. Absolutely. And it'll be fine. <laughs> Put it in the command zone. I mean, what Kamena usually likes a little bit more untapped stuff yeah. than this deck has, but because you have so many merfolk and you care about counters, this is a perfectly acceptable commander as well. Although, I'm always excited to play with the new toys. <laughs> <laughs> Same, honestly. I, I think, like, Tishana's in here as well. That yeah, there's you, a couple you of... You can technically run them. But yeah, new toys are always fun and Hotball's yeah. ability is There's just... There's a ton of merfolk you could put in here. There's like two prime speakers. Oh, prime speaker. You could put Voril in the command zone. There's a lot of green, blue merfolk legends. Let's just put them all in the command zone. Can we put them all in the command zone right They now? all have partner, 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 partner. Partner with other merfolk. Yeah. That's a thing, it's, right? Uh, there's plenty of fish in the sea is their <laughs> keyword. <laughs> it's like batching, but it's just yeah, plenty yeah, of fish exactly. in the sea. Yeah. Uh, the final reprint over $5 is Rapid Hybridization, a great removal spell. We've gotten a lot of Pongifies. Happy to see Rapid Hybridization get the reprint sitting at $5. $5 for an uncommon? I know. We I remember when Pongify was the expensive one. Rapid yep. Hybridization was the cheap one. It's, uh, oh, how the and tables. so it goes. Yeah. And so it goes, Mark. <laughs> Every time I'm just like, <laughs> man, 
this thing is expensive. Well, hasn't gotten reprinted in a while. Yep, that checks out. That yep. makes sense. <laughs> and the reprint brings it down and it'll slowly creep back it, up. That's... You just got to pay attention. Make sure you have yep. a, a bunch of the cards that you're looking for when they're low. Uh, okay, so we've talked about the most expensive cards in the deck, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best cards in the deck. Uh, so yeah. we want to take a moment to talk about the cards that when you draw them, you're like, oh, we're popping off now. Yeah, so we already talked a little bit about Kindred Discovery, but and that is definitely one of the best. But one of the ones that I really like from this is Nakanzel Current Conductor. It's a green and a blue for a 2-3. Whenever a creature you control explores a land card, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Whenever a creature you control explores a non-land card, put a plus one plus one counter on Nakanzel. If you have just a few merfolk out, this thing gets nuts. It's like the amount of ramp that it provides. Wild. And this thing will be a huge threat if left unchecked for more than like a turn or two. Yeah. And it's two mana. Even if you play Nakanzel into Hawkball, like even if you just have those two and you explore twice and you're like, all right, I've been the first one. You put like two counters on this one and then you find a land. And then you just put a land into play. play. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've ramped. Now you have a reasonably large threat. Like it's a two, three. Yeah. And if you make it even just a little bit bigger, oh boy, are people not going to be able to attack you very easily? We are cooking now. I, I really like this card in the deck. It does make, um, this deck is going to take a lot of game actions. Yes. It is a lot of decisions. Every single merfolk you have is another decision at the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah, so you're going to have trigger. to be like, this merfolk explorers, it top counter. This merfolk explorers, I guess, top counter. But if you hit lands, then you're like, I draw this. Then I look at this one. Uh, graveyard. Uh, top every single one of those it's like having a sensei's divining top but yeah. merfolk yeah it's like on your combats you're going to be like well uh i'm going to sit here for five minutes and make some decisions yep sorry everybody nick console says like if you find a land also you put it into play also yeah. you have to manage dice there's a lot <laughs> have to fun, good keep luck. track of in this deck <laughs> Uh, the second best card in this deck is one of the merfolk I'm most excited about. It is Mist Dancer. Ooh. It's a five mana, three, three flying. It says other merfolk you control get plus one, plus zero oh, and have flying. And then it says Encore five blue, blue. So you can, if this card is in your graveyard, you can pay seven. You get three copies of Mist Dancer. They all have to attack different players and they're going to buff all of your merfolk plus mm -hmm. three plus oh and give them flying plus themselves there'll be six three threats with haste and i love this in this deck mm -hmm. because giving uh, merfolk evasion is really really important you just need to be able to punch through damage because a lot of times your merfolk are just going to be like eh, i have a few two three four power things right i have like four or five of those and that's fine but if they're just sitting there they're not really doing much for you. So just being able to say, oh, I'll give them flying, give them a little bit of a buff, boom, now I'm swinging in for 15, 20 damage, depending on how big your board is. And it can also get bins to the explore. Yep. It can go in the graveyard. That's true. And you, then you can just encore back whenever you need it, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, I think this card is super neat. It's also like people, I know people will say, Merfolk have Island Walk. You, why do you need it? It's like Island Walk requires extra yeah. steps. If they don't have an island, you have to give them an island. Mm -hmm. If they do have an island, great, but then you're going to swing out at one player and you're not going to have the evasion to take down the other two. So this just says flying. It is immediately gives everything a threat without having to do any other steps. Yeah, trust me. If you have this in your hand or like you top deck it, or again, even if you throw it into the graveyard mm -hmm. and you even have a few more folk in play, you will always be happy to see this card. Yeah. 
super sweet. I love it. Okay, so we've met the deck. We know the best cards in the deck, the most expensive cards in the deck. We know the commander. We know we've got Hawkball in the command zone. What were your goals when upgrading this deck? We're going to add 10 cards to it to really tie the room together, make sure that the synergy is as tight as possible, and try and shore up some of the weaknesses. Yeah, so it already has a lot of merfolk. So usually whenever we would have something that's like on this theme, uh, you want to be like, oh, I want to push that theme even more. And to an extent you do, but at the same time, we have plenty of that. (laughs) Like 34 merfolk. That's fine. It's got plenty of enablers. That part is A-OK. The issues uh, I find that I run into when piloting the deck out of the box is closing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not super great at closing out. It's good at doing, like you said, a lot of game actions and getting scary. But then you have a lot of 4-4s. Yeah. And you can't really do much with a lot of 4-4s. So having some way to like push through damage, this deck doesn't have a ton of good ways to do so, even though we highlighted just one of them. There's only a couple in the deck. Um, Also, you have a lot of lands that is going to be going into your hand from the explore ability. Yep. What do you do with those? Got to get them out of there somehow. The deck. (laughs) Got to do something. The deck out of the box doesn't really have much to do with them, Mm -hmm. which is kind of okay because if you get a land in your hand then that the very least means you're not missing your land drops and hitting your land drops in commander is very very important mm-hmm. but at the same time i, I kind of wish that we could do something a little bit more accelerator plan a little bit more as well um but yeah th- those, those are the lands to work biggest issues as well as i think interaction right the interaction is... is it's pretty low on interaction mm-hmm. especially instant speed stuff yeah, for being so, a blue deck, the deck isn't super tricksy. Yeah, it, ha- it has very few tricks. Yeah. It's only so, got a couple things, really. There's a couple more. It's like the Aetherize, the Rapid but, Hybridization, but... Yeah, a lot of the, like, what the deck actually does is, is just cast Merfolk and pass, which is cool, but you definitely need to use blue to its most, you know, yeah. its most powerful. And to that point, the last thing that this deck really needs is a way to deal with board wipes. Because if you just get board wiped, well, sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of lands in hand. Yeah, you so. have a lot of lands in hand. Uh, granted, there is a decent amount of card draw in here, but you got to figure out a plan against board wipes because board wipes are just a thing that exists in Commander and mm-hmm. you need to figure out how to not be caught off guard and to have a plan for that. Yeah. And again, the deck doesn't really have a ton straight out of the box. Yep. I uh, definitely, having played a Merfolk deck, you have to commit a lot to the board to make a commanding board state. Making sure that you can keep that commanding board state in time to use it is a huge, huge deal when piloting any Merfolk deck, especially one with counters. You're going to spend a lot of time building up this board. Keep it safe. Yeah, because most Merfolk in and of themselves are not super powerful creatures. Right. Uh, Sorry, Prof. But... The board as a whole, in its entirety, like building it all up together, uh, can just be powerful. So people aren't usually going to like pinpoint removal your stuff. They're more often than not going to be like, all right, I board wipe. Now you have nothing. And you're like, Good yeah, luck. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. All right. We have talked about everything that we possibly can. It is time to upgrade this deck. We've got 10 cards we're going to add. We're going to take 10 cards out. We're going to using a budget of $50 so you can really invest in this deck and make it the coolest merfolk deck you possibly can. Of course, we're going to do so after a few words from our sponsors. All right, my new deck list is complete. Now, let's see which cards I don't already own and buy them. 
Wait, how'd you do that without going through a million boxes? Oh, I just use Architect. They make it super easy to upload and manage your collection. Then when you're done brewing a deck, you can sort it by collection status to see what you already have. So this group is just cards you don't own? Yep, I just click buy this stack and it takes me right to Card Kingdom. Whoa. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. Welcome back everybody. Without further ado, further ado? Further ado, yeah. Further adieu? Adieu? I never it really thought about it. Yeah, further adieu. It's got to be adieu. <laughs> it feels so dumb. Much a, yeah, much adieu right, about There's not yeah. much adieu about it. Yeah, it's much adieu. <laughs> Rachel, I just had an existential crisis for like half I a second. And my brain was like, mm, that doesn't sound. I'm like, is my entire life a lie? All right, with some adieu. And now we're going to get into <laughs> the upgrade. It's true. That was some adieu. All we, right. We are going to add 10 cards to this. Again, using a budget of $50. What's the first card we're putting in here? Thanks to some reprints. Yes. So as previously mentioned, we want to figure out at least something to do with all of these lands. And I think a great include is exploration. Uh, explorations, uh, you may play an additional land on each of your turns. And it's only 10 bucks right now. Yeah, you I was don't surprised have an exploration by two. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I was going through all these bunch of upgrades and I was talking to Rachel about it before this recording. I was like, I really wish we could have an exploration or something, but it's still like 20, 25 bucks. And Rachel's like, no, it's not. You know, it's like $10, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you go to Cartoon and it's like, oh, yeah, it's $10. All right, cool. In it goes. <laughs> Come down a long way. And this deck does have like Tatiova in the deck. Yes. It does have stuff that cares about putting more lands into play. Mm -hmm. So having an exploration isn't totally off synergy and just helps you get these cards out of your hand. Put them to work. Yeah, it's great early. It will get you to the part where you can cast Hackball and start getting those lands into your hand. Mm -hmm. And it's great late because you'll probably be gummed up with a lot of lands. And then you can just start playing two per turn and actually do something with it and get a commanding board presence love it in this deck very excited that we can include it in the upgrade again so only 10 bucks good. go shopping yeah uh something else that you can potentially do something with lands um is merfolk looter love this include yeah so i was a little bit surprised that merfolk looter wasn't already in the deck it seems like such a natural fit yeah because you can draw at instant speed so in between all of your explore triggers if you see something that you want you can top it draw it with the merfolk looter and then continue your explore value without having to top 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 yeah because that's a surprisingly common scenario that you run into whenever you're doing the hawkball exploring thing you're like all right cool i got four things i want to explore and then you're like explore all right into graveyard explore land into hand explore oh but i want that card top but i also want to not leave it on top because i want to keep digging right. for more potential lands mm -hmm. or more potential stuff so what do you do there well if you have something like Merfolk Looter, you can leave it on top. And then with the next Hawkball trigger on the stack, you can activate the Merfolk Looter, draw something, discard potentially one of the extra lands that you have in hand um, or anything else, whatever you feel like. Uh, and now you have that in your hands and you can just still keep digging with all your Explore triggers. So it's very handy to have at only two mana. It also adds to the Explore <laughs> triggers because yeah, it's, it's a Merfolk in and a of itself. Merfolk itself and it is only 50 cents. Yeah. I love this card in the deck. It is surprising that it isn't in, in the deck naturally. Yeah, you can throw some more looters in here and it, it'll be great. It'll be lots of fun. But I thought Merfolk Looter especially <laughs> needed to be in this deck <laughs> because, oh man, this card's a classic too. For sure. Yeah. All right. Next up. Speaking of looting. Yeah. Cephalid Coliseum. I love this card. 
Yeah. Now, this is one that is pretty common to higher power, like CDH levels, but you don't see it a ton in regular commander. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It taps for a blue and deals a damage to you, but it also has threshold. You can play pay a blue, tap and sacrifice it. Target player draws three cards, then discards three cards from their hand. This so, is awesome. This is instant speed. Yeah. It's pretty easy for this deck to hit threshold because you're constantly binning stuff off the top of your deck. Mm-hmm. And it comes on a land. It's free. It doesn't take a spell slot from you. Yeah. And having it be a land is extra good because you can get it into hand from exploring. It's so good. <laughs> any utility, like any, this deck is a great place for Bosejus and Ottawaras. Yes. Any any land that's also a spell yeah. is incredible with Explore. Now, obviously those in and of themselves are a little bit out obviously, of our those price range, powerful, but if you're yeah. going further with the deck upgrades, then I think those are excellent includes as well. Love this. Cephalid Coliseum is at $8 right now and it is sweet. It, if you haven't played with it before, it feels good. That one needs a reprint. I wish they put it in this. Yeah, that would be cool. It's That'd also cool. like Cephalid are just like squiddy underwater yeah. folk are yeah, they underwater yeah, they're definitely, they're, definitely they're, underwater. They're yeah, folk. Yeah. yeah they're not they're not exactly merfolk there i don't know what the difference between a cephalid and a merfolk is they're octopus somebody based. in the comments please tell us what the difference between a cephalid and a merfolk is they're oc- octofolk octofolk yeah what are merfolk then fish folk merfolk <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like fishier anyway depends depends on what merfolk you're talking about uh, oh boy all yeah. right so we were talking about how this deck really needs uh and some extra oomph to get over the hump to be able to push damage through yeah and this deck even though we commonly associate merfolk with being blue and having blue cards in it it also has green so i was surprised that this didn't include an overrun effect and the one that we included is overwhelming stampede a stampede of merfolk. It's so, like the wave good. is coming. It's so good. And like sometimes when you're exploring, you one guy just keeps hitting and mm-hmm. you have like one weirdly tall merfolk. Like Hawkball. Yeah. Sometimes you can be like, all right, so I have Hawkball for a couple turns and then slam an overwhelming stampede. And that's just game right there. Yeah. Uh, gives your merfolk trample, yeah. which is pretty fun. Yeah. It suddenly turns all of those four fours that are sitting around into very real threats. Heck, even if it's just plus four, plus four, and that's the biggest thing that you have It'll for do. whatever reason, that can kill people. Absolutely. And kill one player, maybe two, depending on your board. And so having something like this, I think, is very important in this deck. Again, a little surprised that they didn't already include something like that. Yeah, if if they did the Roman Stampede, but then had like merfolk-related uh, art, I think that would be cool. They should have done that. It's just a bunch of yeah. merfolks in like Crocs running across a pool deck. <laughs> squish, 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 squash, squash, squash. It is a stampede and it is quite <laughs> overwhelming. This next one is an awesome include. Oh, or the overwhelming stampede, three dollars fifty cents. Ton of power. Yep, ton of power, low cost. Uh this one, ton of power, slightly higher cost. Uh, yep. raise the palisade this is so yeah this is such a good card uh this is one of the more recent ones from lord of the rings sets mm-hmm. yeah this one is choose a creature type return all creatures that aren't of the chosen type to their owner's hands and it's four in a blue <laughs> yeah now this one's 15 dollars, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit more on the expensive side but wow 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 does this card do everything you want at any point in the game are you behind and you just need everybody else's board to go away play this card it'll yep. do that are you do you have a commanding board presence and you just need to clear some blockers so that you can get some damage in play this card it'll do the thing that you need it to like Merfolk it's nuts are also really dependent on um 
combat damage triggers. Yes. There's a lot of merfolk that really need to connect to do their thing. So you, but you can get a huge amount of value if we, if you connect. Mm-hmm. So you can cast this board wipe and like trigger a couple of your, like whenever a merfolk deals a com- combat damage draw card or whenever a merfolk deals combat damage, you draw and discard like yeah. all of those, or just to give yourself a free, like kindred discovery attack. Yeah. This card is going to put in so much work to set your opponents back enough that you can close out some damage. Yeah. No matter what, as long as you have this in your hand, you will be a happy camper. Yep. 15 bucks for Raise the Palisade. But if you're playing blue and you're playing a creature type focused deck, this card is one of the best includes yeah, that they printed and- lately. <laughs> it's yeah. So good. It's really, really powerful. I think it was in the, it must have been in it's the like elf deck. It's like Kindred right? Dominance, but for like two mana less. Yeah. Like for crazy. five, for four and a blue. Nuts. Mm. <laughs> Next wild. up, Tempest Caller. 50 cents. This is uh, four mana merfolk that when it enters the battlefield, tap all creatures target player controls. Similar thing to raise the palisade where you're just trying to open up yes. an attack. Like if you have players that have islands and you're like, I'm going to be able to hit them later, mm-hmm. but there's one player you just can't punch through on. Tempest color is a godsend. Yes. And like you said, oftentimes you will just need to be like, well, I just need to get a little bit of damage through on this. So hopefully I can set up my engine. Mm-hmm. This card will do that. And you don't feel like you're throwing away as big of a card as like Raise the Palisade, for example. Right. But also you can use it as an alpha strike. Almost every commander game that you play, there is a clear threat. There's a clear somebody that's in the lead. And so if you have a decent board, slam this thing down, you will be able to get that damage in that you need. Yeah. And again, less exciting, but it's only 50 cents. And And it's a merfolk. It's a merfolk. For Mixalon. Perfect. At least this version is. Yeah. All right. We mentioned that this deck is a little bit low on interaction. We've added a board wipe to make sure that you can answer your opponent's threats, but having a little bit more interaction to make sure that you can protect your board from your opponent's board wipes, or you can, you know, just protect key pieces is really, really important here. And this first one is a very fun little techie card. Yeah. So again, I was looking at things. I'm like, well, I could say... Put Counterspell in the deck. You could. Put Swansong in the deck. And it would be good. And it would be good. Swansong would blow your budget, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, offer you can't refuse. There you go, yeah. But that's not very exciting. We are here to play cool cards and to play fun cards. Granted, I really like offer you can't refuse. I think that's a fun card. It's a really good one. The card that I included, or that we included here, is Abjure. It's blue mana, one blue mana. You sacrifice a blue permanent to counter target spell. One mana? One mana. One mana. Yeah. So with Merfolk, again, the Merfolk in and of themselves are not super powerful cards for the most part. Mm. There are some that are valuable, but you will oftentimes have a lot of disposable Merfolk. And most of the Merfolk in this deck specifically, and just in general, are blue permanents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I went through this and I believe it's only five green Merfolk, uh, like mono or green mono green Merfolk, merfolk yeah. in the deck. Mm-hmm. So most of your permanents are going to be blue. They're things that will make blue permanents. Yep. That, like token permanents. Uh, like that, what's that one that's uh, whenever you cast a Merfolk, make a 1-1 Merfolk with Hexproof? Yeah, it's a new... Oh, no, that one's not new. That one's uh, Marrow something. Yeah. I know anyway. what it is. It's awesome. It's one of the best cards <laughs> in the Kumana deck. I, I'm so bad with card names. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I used to pride myself so much in knowing every single card name, but the amount of cards that have come deep out. Deep Root Waters. Deep Root Waters. Yeah. There we hey, go. <laughs> there's also, there's a new one in um, Lost Caverns of Ixalan yes. that also makes token Merfolk. Oh, that one's so good. And it's really, really powerful. Should yeah. probably go in this deck. We can't include them in our upgrades because it doesn't currently have a price. Yeah. So they don't usually go in the upgrades, that's but kind it's of very a, good. It's kind of a given it. across the board that if there's a cool card in the main set, 
that you like for these commander sets. And in this one, it's Just awesome. put it in. Yeah. There's no a bunch stopping of, you. If you're really into the Explorer side of it, pick up some of the Explorer Murpho yeah. from the main set. Put them there's in this cool pre-con. There. There's some really, really cool cards. And there's not many. Of, there's only like two main set cards in this deck, I think. Yeah, there's only a few. And I think we're taking one of them out. Uh, spoiler alert. But anyway, Abjura great card yeah love that um super spicy hot tech for y'all next up also we want to protect our stuff vodalian hex catcher abjure only one dollar vodalian vodalian look i I make that mistake all the time vodalian hex catcher is at two dollars and fifty cents and does it all for you in this deck so it's one in a blue and it's got flash other merfolk you control get plus one plus one all right we're adding the lord to the board See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, but most right. importantly, thank you. <laughs> you can sacrifice a merfolk to counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one. Now, this card, you might think, oh, well, non-creature mana tithe, not that powerful. But one, it's at flash speed, and so mm-hmm. they don't know about it for the first time. But two, even once it's on the board, this will still deter a lot so of things. So annoying to play around. Right? Because if your opponent has a board wipe... And they don't have enough mana to pay for literally every single one of the merfolk that you have on the board. They're probably not going to cast it. Like, yeah. I, I, that's just what's going to happen. Unless, for example, you have like a pretty commanding board state and you're about to win. They'll do all they can to get rid of some of your pieces. But aside from that, it is a great deterrent even once it sticks on the board. Yep. It's and like most of the board wipes are non creatures, so it'll just hit lots of great stuff. Even like your your opponents can't tap out for a Bolus's Citadel. They can't yeah. tap out for these big permanents that we play in Commander all the time, where it's yeah. just like I'm going to slam this really powerful like spell enchantment, yeah. like like a like a thousand year storm or something like that. Yes. And if they they need at least three more mana in order for it to resolve, because you're just like, oh, I'll sacrifice two more folk and counter your big play. Yeah. Like that's a huge tempo swing. Just the potential of being able to mana leak any non-creature your opponents play. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a board wipe. It can be any non-creature spell. Crazy. Makes them do the math. And uh, when your opponents are doing math, you're winning. Is that why math is for blockers? Because yeah. then that means you're winning because you're attacking. Uh, yeah, yeah. You keep them. You keep I them busy. I see. Okay. So if they're if they get all tangled up in there. Yeah. Again, uh, the, these are the interaction pieces, and if you want to go further with it, you can add more interaction pieces because again, it's kind of low. But these were just ones that we thought were really good includes for this. Two dollars and fifty cents too. Love it so much. Yep. This next one's a new one. It was from, I believe it's from the Slivers Precon. It is from the Slivers Precon. And I saw this card in play. I was like, that card is just really good. Especially with the high density that this deck has. Yeah, we're talking about For the Ancestors. Now, this one is two and a green for an instant. Choose a creature type. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal any number of them with the chosen type. Put them into your hand. Rest on the bottom of your library. And a flashback for three and a green. Uh... So I really like this one. I know this deck has plenty of card draw. There's lots of card draw on this, but I could always use more. Especially uh, instant speed card draw. Yes. Instant speed card draw is great because like we said, being able to interrupt one of those possible explore triggers to get something that you want is just very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. This deck already has such a high amount of merfolk. You're probably going to hit something probably multiple things yeah you already know cast. what's on top you're gonna hit something yeah it nope. makes sure that your card draw is gas like you are getting things that are good yeah if you can draw two cards off of this you're like ah, oh, good enough if you yeah. can draw three cards off of this you are great three mana for three cards feels good every time and the fact that you can cast it as an instant and as a flash uh, if you can cast it as an instant 
regularly but then also flash it back later is awesome especially in a deck that is going to have a ton of lands yeah like you do and your merfolk are cheap you want to make sure that you're spending all of the mana you have so being a little bit more flexible about your card draw here is really nice and it's also not something that you're feeling bad about binning from an explore trigger yeah just stick it in the graveyard you got that flashback you can still get the value out of it without having to be like oh man well i guess i have to leave that on top and now i don't get any more lands into my hand no just keep digging it's fine it's there for you when you need it three dollars and fifty cents we love this card in this deck i think it's a really neat ad yep um this next one all right this next one is a neat ad um mechanically (laughs) so cool it's so good it's so good but i understand if you hate it uh it's danny pink (laughs) it's three the doctor who set yeah it's just a (laughs) t-shirt It's three and a blue for human soldier advisor. He's a legendary with mentor. It says creatures you control have whenever one or more counters are put on this creature for the first time each turn, draw a card. (sighs) That's crazy with Hackball's ability. That means every time you explore, you're drawing. Yeah. Basically. If you're putting a counter on something, then you're drawing. Yeah. If you get a land, then you're drawing. You're drawing that land. So no matter what you do, you're drawing. (laughs) It's crazy. It's so powerful, but it is a real flavor fail. But like the fact that you, that this card just says, like it makes your commander say every, like every merfolk you control has draw a card on the beginning of your combat. It's just like really 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 powerful so good so i love danny in this deck i think you should put him in there but i understand if you are uncomfortable putting a human man in your (laughs) (laughs) we hate human men (laughs) so (laughs) well when you're hanging out with all these cool fish guys you're like what are you doing here danny yeah so we like this as an upgrade but if you are thinking okay well Maybe I don't want a Universes Beyond man from Doctor Who I get it. in my Merfolk deck. Totally. How about this instead? Yeah. <laughs> this card's good, too. Uh, Bread for the Hunts. So this is an alternate, as a just in case, for the 10. Um, so one, a green and a blue. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Again, very, very powerful draw effect. It's only three mana. Comes down the turn before Hawkball, mm-hmm. assuming it's in your opening hand, or you draw it early. And... As long as you can get some damage in, like, it'll just keep fueling itself. Merfolk on one or two, this on three, your commander on four. That's a great curve. You're going to draw right away and you're set up. uh, And you're set up by turn four. And things are beginning. Uh, And you didn't even have to ramp for that. You didn't miss a single beat. Uh, I like Bread for the Hunt in this deck a lot. It's a little bit more on flavor than Danny is, but they fill a similar slot, which is draw a ton of cards but man that, that's the thing that's so disappointing about some of these universes bound is like i really like this card like mechanically i yeah. think it does such a cool thing you could just draw some feathers on his head you know <laughs> just have him altered but that's also not how it is in doctor who yeah. so I, I get it uh like i do like doctor who quite a bit but at the same time i totally understand the uh, I don't know about putting that in my Merfolk deck. Yeah, Danny yeah. is $5, so it's a little bit spendier than Bread for the Hunt, which is only 50 cents as well. Yep. So if you want to save a couple of bucks and protect your Merfolk <laughs> zone uh, <laughs> from a human Doctor Who, Uvian, Danny Pink, we get it. Yeah, so that's 10 upgrades in kind of 11. 10 and a half. 10 and a half if you want to include Bread <laughs> for the Hunt. But 
And I think this is the first time this has happened. Mm -hmm. And you've clearly worked very hard on it. Because your total budget with Mm -hmm. the 10 cards, including Danny, not bred for the hunt, is exactly $50. exactly $50. (laughs) I did a lot of moving pieces around to make this work. (laughs) You tell me my limit is $50, we're going to use every single bit of Maximized the budget here. Uh, So you know that if you're picking up all of these cards, you have done it. You have done like really, really squeaked as much power as you can out of this deck for only $50 upgrade. Uh, sweet. I love these ads. I think they, they I think really cool. um, do shore up some of the issues that we talked about and issues that I've run into with my Merfolk decks. Uh, that being said, we have added 10 cards. We've added 10 and a half cards. Uh, we do have to take 10 out to make room. Uh, so we're going to start by cutting the card we've alluded to already. Uh, <laughs> Thassa got of the sea. You're sweet. Put yep. her in another deck. Uh, she's not super good here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For reasons we have already mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on to these other cards. Honestly, this was probably the hardest deck upgrade that I've had to do as far as pulling things out. Yeah. Because oh, it's all so All of these excellent good. decks are quite tight. Yeah, so please don't get upset that you're like, oh, well, that's such a good card. Why are you taking it out? They're pretty much all good cards. Yeah. They're all really good cards. <laughs> the, the deck is super, super playable as it is. Everything that we're cutting, we're just thinning like the numbers of yeah. this, the numbers of that, or just trying to make the deck a little bit more efficient. Again, these are recommendations, not you absolutely have to do this. Yeah. That being said, Commander Sphere. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> great show great show may, may it rest <laughs> in peace uh commander sphere is weird in this deck yeah. merfolk are cheap you don't want to cast a merfolk on two and then a rock on three you don't need that much ramp all of your creatures are two and three drops um i don't think commander sphere quite makes the cut here yeah we that ta- being said commander sphere sweet if you're playing an artifact deck and you can like loop the yeah. thing great You're yeah commander sphere is a cool card perfect this deck just does not really want it weird here get it out this deck doesn't really care that much about ramp anyway or like colors like commander sphere is good when you can fix a lot it is fine you don't need it yeah for much the same reason temple of the false god mm-hmm. uh we decided to cut because we already put in a land cephalid coliseum so yep. that is our cheat for an excuse for taking out temple of the false god but temple of the false god i feel works a lot better in ramp decks but the way that Wizards keeps putting it in Commander decks feels like they think that it works as like an alternative to yeah. ramp instead of working with ramp. I would you consider know? it a ramp piece. Like, yeah, we include it when we count our lands for in like when we do stats, mm-hmm. which the second it's weird that yeah. is 36 lands in this thing and they included a Temple of the False God. Sure. 36 <laughs> is a low count to include Temple of the False God. Yep. I don't start looking at including Temple until I'm at like 38, yeah. 39. You're going to be drawing a lot of lands in this deck, but you're not necessarily doing a lot of land ramp and your cards have a really high devotion. A mm-hmm. lot of Merfolk are blue-blue or blue-green. Yeah. Colorless lands are a cost. And I don't think Temple of the False God is worth the cost in this deck. Yeah. And your curve is quite low. So what yeah. you're looking to do is you're trying to get to that early setup and then continue to just play Merfolk from then on out. And Temple of the False God doesn't really help you with that. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So. Cut it. Cut it. It's gone. All right. Uh, next up, Curse of the Swine. So this is the ex-blue-blue exile creatures and make uh, 2-2 pigs in their place. Boars. Boars, excuse me. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Very big difference. (laughs) It's a pig on the art. (laughs) It's swine. (laughs) Anyway, pigs are way cuter anyway. Uh, This is a fine removal spell. The thing about this is um, 
you want to be more like quick with yeah. merfolk. Merfolk are kind of flashy. They're cheap. You don't want to spend your whole turn removing a bunch of things and giving them all these blockers. Yeah, it doesn't do anything that your deck wants to do. You want to remove blockers. That mm-hmm. is the point of like all these tap downs slash right. bounce things back to hand. Is don't you want give to give them free blockers? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like Curse of the Swine in this deck. Yeah. Tutus block most of your merfolk comfortably yeah. uh, like until you really get your engine moving. And it, it can still be okay in a pinch. It's just so counterintuitive to what the rest of the deck feels like it wants to do. Yeah, uh, there's better removal. Just sleep their whole board. It's so much more yeah. powerful than giving them a bunch of tutus that can now just chump your big attack. Yeah. Um, okay. Agreed. All right. This next one is a big old merfolk. <laughs> it's Prime Speaker Zagana. Two green, green, blue, blue for a merfolk wizard. She enters with plus one, plus one counters where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. And then when she enters the battlefield, draw cards equal to her power. The weird thing about this card is this is a go wide deck, not a go tall deck. So you're, yeah. you're going to pay six mana and draw like four cards. I mean, as we mentioned, there are times where you will have um, like, like one a merfolk that's just pretty big, but I don't know. I you think have to already be doing the thing. Yeah. And, and that moment, you don't need 10 cards or something like that. You need ways to punch through. I, I just don't want to be paying six mana for a single merfolk that's only good if I'm already set up. Yeah, I think that's mostly it, right? Like it's a good enough card maybe for most scenarios but it's not good enough in this deck because we don't want to be paying six mana just to play this we would rather be playing multiple merfolk mm-hmm. uh, three mana and another three mana merfolk is way better for this deck's plan than just one prime speaker zagana now yep. prime speaker can help you get more merfolk into hands but it, it just doesn't feel great with what it does yeah i just don't love it in this deck i think it's kind of bizarre in merfolk decks overall counter decks voltron decks great go nuts or you could say eh i'm not following any of your advice i'm gonna run this as the commander okay you can do whatever you want i believe in you <laughs> uh, next up commit to memory uh this is the one that's is uh return a uh, spell to yeah. its owner's hands commit is a yeah. four mana instant that can either bounce a spell so it's like a remand or yeah. it can bounce a non-land permanent um, super flexible, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it's in your graveyard, you can pay six mana for memory that shuffles your graveyard into your deck and you draw seven. Yeah. Everybody does. Um, really good in wheels decks, really good if you're not particularly using your graveyard. And this it kind of is, which is weird. Like it has a couple of flashback cards. It yeah. has the, there's a merfolk that gives all your merfolk retrace. It's like... My, my I, graveyard is fine. I think it is used for specifically the aftermath part. Yeah. Because like I mean, it is low on interaction to start out with. And so they were probably like, well, let's include something that has interaction as well as is able to do something in the graveyard. It's cute because you can bin it. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you can just aftermath it when you need it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it's just very expensive for what it does. And we, we're trying to lower the curve and make it so that you don't have like these big expensive spells that are just stuck in your hand. Uh, and this is one that probably will be if it ever gets to your hand. So Yeah. I will say I really like Commit to Memory. I think that four mana interaction piece is actually quite powerful. Mm-hmm. And it answers it's pretty just about everything that you need it to answer. Yeah. Um, so I generally like Commit to Memory a lot. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit clunky in a deck that wants to be a little lighter on its feet. Yeah, you're I spilling think out your hand cut, and then you want to leave up like a little bit of mana, not four mana, if you can yeah. help it. I mean, I th- I, this cut is the one that I struggle with the most. Um, mm. So because yeah. I do think that this card is 
does answer a lot of things and yeah. is good when you're behind. Um, but again, the, a with, lot of the cards in this deck are very good. Are very so good. Good so, cards have to get cut to make way for even better cards. That's the problem. Yep. We got to tighten things up a little bit. Man, that's the worst part about deck building. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, I so gotta cut hard. Some cards. I want to add all these things, but nothing to cut. All right. Up next is Voral of the Hulclade. This is another potential commander. It's one green and a blue for a human merfolk. Interesting. Has an activated ability that says green and a blue. Double the number of each kind of counter on target artifact, creature, or land. Yeah. So a little bit more in the counter direction. A little bit less in the merf direction. Yeah. It doesn't go much in my direction. Yeah. I don't know. This card used to be pretty good, and, and yeah. it, it's just not quite as good as it used to be. It's better in, like, a dedicated counter deck. Mm -hmm. Like, I would run this in a charge counter deck or in, yeah. like, a I'm doing stuff with land counters. Like, it's very good in the Salamander deck, I yeah. think. Yeah. Doubling one thing is just not exactly what this deck wants to be doing. Yeah. Uh, it wants to be going wide and then buffing everything up about the same amount right. if it can help it. Um, so, yeah. It, it also, the three drop slot we haven't really talked about curve that much but the three drop slot is pretty glutted yeah in this there's a lot of three drops in here mm -hmm. and so i think just removing a few of them to make room for some things that are just a little bit more efficient uh hit your curve a little bit better is helpful Speaking of three drops, this next one is from the main set. It's Merfolk Cave Diver. It's two and a blue for a Merfolk Scout. Whenever another, whenever a creature you control explores, Merfolk Cave Diver gets plus one plus zero oh until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. It is naturally a two four. Yeah, another card that I like, but <laughs> at three mana and... I don't know. You just have to be doing the explore thing. And if you're already doing the exploring thing, then you're already in business. Like this doesn't really help you with that. Like I'd rather have something that like gives Island walk or pumps everything. Yeah. I mean, board, maybe we've mentioned it before. Like this deck wants to go wide and this card wants to go tall. Yeah. It's a very aggressive card. I think it's pretty, pretty good in yeah. the deck. If you don't want to spend $8 on a Cephalid Coliseum or something like that, I could see leaving this card in. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we have better three drops in the deck. Yep. Speaking of heartbreaking cuts, it's Sholatoyic, the Smiling Blood. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Look at his face, Murph. <laughs> Look at his face. I don't want to make him sad. You oh, tell no. him to his face you're cutting him from this deck. <laughs> I don't think I can, Rachel. Yeah, he's can. just kind of not that great in the in. Yeah. He, he's more of a defensive piece um, in his own deck. Really powerful, mm -hmm. really sweet. But... Otherwise, he just sort of gives all your merfolk vigilance. Yeah, um, we don't care about that much. Like, it's nice, but for six a couple mana, of your lands, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit much for the amount of things that it does. If I'm paying six mana, I want to make sure that I have really, like, that is going to win me the game. That is going to turn the corner for me. And uh, this doesn't quite have the synergy to do that in this deck. Yeah, it's not great. All right. And then the last one is Coral Helm Commander. This is the level up merfolk. Yeah, um, so this this card is a single, is blue-blue, and it's a 2-2, two -two, and then you pay, you level up for one. You have to pay one twice to make it a 3-3 three, three flyer, and then you have to pay one two more times to make turn it into a Merfolk Lord. So at that point, it's one, two, three, four, five. It's six mana. Yeah, at sorcery speed. Uh, granted, you can do it over multiple turns and just whatever extra mana you have. But yeah. that's still not very good. <laughs> We've added a much better lord, and this is not just not how you want to be spending no. your mana. I, it's a decent mana sink, but it 
two mana two two that's like just not not doing the work is uh not as good as some of the other merfolk that we have yep okay that's the 10 we've done it we're gonna go cry a little bit in the corner (laughs) for our salamander boy no (laughs) sholatoyek no i'm pretty sure that's how you say your name (laughs) he doesn't care he he just continues riding on the waves with a smile that's it he's just a surfer guy he's a surfer dude (laughs) chill he's like yeah i didn't want to go to war anyway I'm fine sitting on the side lens, bro. Totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, dude. I'll watch. Have fun. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we've added 10 cards. We've taken 10 cards out. This deck is as tight synergistically as we can make it with a $50 budget. That being said, how does the deck play out now? Yeah, so the deck really wants to, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but it doesn't really care that much about ramping. It cares more about getting a merfolk down early, which is pretty, like, counter to the way that most decks operate. Uh, If you can get, like, a two-mana ramp piece, like an explore or something, that still helps. Yeah. But... If you have a merfolk in play before your commander comes out, that really helps a lot because then you're exploring twice. You're making sure that you're continuing to hit those land drops and then you can just kind of go from there. And like from that point on, then the plan is pretty simple. Just play whatever merfolk you draw into and try to hold up interaction to keep those merfolk around if you can up until you can do an alpha strike. Use that evasion. Lean on your counters. When in doubt, I think like topping stuff repeatedly just to put counters on your, all your stuff isn't a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure you're not, of course, overcommitting to the board until you have the interaction to protect what you're doing. Um, sometimes you just need to go for it, but yeah, in this deck, you have to be really, really careful because there'll be a board wipe and you'll have seven cards in hand, but they're all lands. I think that's the tricky part. You need to figure out through playing the deck to figure out where can I get to where I am not quite to scary point right and people are now paying attention to me you want to be right underneath that mm-hmm. for the most part until you can actually start getting those things that start to end games like the overwhelming stampede Just tricky when you're yeah. making all these game actions like i think there's honestly some strategy to being like i'm just going to top 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 put mm-hmm. counters on all these and pass because then you're not taking up a huge amount of time and mm-hmm. that means your player your opponents aren't looking at you like well you just drew like four cards and you're like, they're all lands. Yeah. Like, you just don't want to attract that kind of attention because the deck just can't handle it. Yeah. You have you have a lot of card advantage. You have a lot of creatures, but you can't take like a full focused attack from the table. So you do have to be a little sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, Hotfall do. doing its thing and taking up so many game actions is very hard to be sneaky. It's really hard yeah. to ignore. So uh, keep an eye on just how much time you're taking up. Keep an eye on your decision making. Yeah. If it's like close to optimal, just do it. Just yeah. just be done. That is also something that will come more with practice, right? right. The more you play the deck, the more you know. Uh, oh, don't want that. Oh, don't want that in this situation. Yeah. And you can just make those snap quick decisions. And if you can do that faster, then it won't seem like you're as much of a threat. Um, that, that's something we should do a podcast on. Oh, yeah. Like, not being the threat. Not being the threat. For sure. Yeah. Because that's super I, interesting. It's like, a huge part of Commander these days is being in second place. Yeah. Or third place. Or third place. Being in second or third place. I, I think third place is probably the most comfortable position in a commander yeah, game. Absolutely. I because find. then you're firmly on the team. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. we can do to bring them down. And Let's you're like, go. Yeah, yeah. 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 100%. Totally. Yeah. Also me. That is an episode for another day. 
to the listeners. What do you think of this precon? Are there any cards we missed? Any cards we suggested to take out or add that you disagree with? I know, I know his face. <laughs> He's so cute. Uh, you can disagree. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's your deck. <laughs> we believe in you. Yeah. You have the power to build your own deck. And you could play this deck right out of the box. And I think you'd find that it plays just fine. Uh, but these are the upgrades that you can make to really ratchet up the power and make sure you can close out a game and get that big dub. Big dub. We talked about a lot of magic cards today. You can pick up all of those while supporting the show at cardkingdom.com slash command. Card Kingdom has a huge selection of magic cards, including all of the new singles and sealed product from Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Pre-order, well, order at this point. Uh, these decks, they're awesome. The value is really good and so they good. play really well out of the box. And you can get those while supporting the show without spending an any extra money if you do so at cardkingdom.com slash command bookmark it yep and if you go to ultrapro.com slash command you can get all of the merfolk themed uh things that you can possibly want you can get maybe some blue ultra pro dice maybe you can get a merfolk themed playmat some merfolk themed sleeves some art from the sets whatever you want you can find it wall scrolls whatever it might be uh yeah, just ultrapro.com slash command. They got sales on there all the time. Even if you're not really looking for something in particular and you buy something that's nice, that's up to 50% off, perhaps. Yeah. That can happen sometimes during these flash sales. Uh, bookmark it if you can, ultrapro.com slash command. Lots of cool stuff on there. And you can do so while supporting the show. Woo. So thank you for doing it. Yeah. All right. We've talked about a lot of magic. Let's take a couple of minutes to talk about something outside the world of Wizards of the Coast. What are you What are you enjoying right now? What are you working on? Yeah. So sorry, everyone. I don't really have any uh, no props. Show and tell. No show and tell uh, to uh, come with this one. But that's because uh, I've been playing Spider-Man 2 okay. on the PS5. It's new, right? It is. Well, new as of the recording of this. It's came out last friday so okay uh, it came out about five days ago four or five days ago uh i beat it so i haven't 100 it i don't know if i'm going to but uh, one thing that i really enjoy about these insomniac spider games uh do you know much about these at all no they are lots of fun to just move around sure. which i think is a huge key part of games that's what i like doing in video games just, just walking around just walking around but yeah. it's not just walking around you're swinging around, swinging around. and it feels good it feels so good so much so that they have they made like this uh fast travel system okay so you can go anywhere on the map it loads in a second and a half that's awesome but i never use it because it's just, just way want... more fun to swing there <laughs> instead <laughs> so I, I really like insomniac's approach to just world design mm. and their ability to create this living breathing world that is fun to be in which i think is missing from a lot of games like the point of a game is to be fun and if you're not having fun why are you playing the game yeah having fun in while traveling in a game is such a huge yeah. win for them because that's such a small thing in the grand scope of grand of, of game design but it pays off huge when you're playing yeah just like it's not getting from point a to point b now that's a chore it's getting from point a to point b is probably the most fun i'll have in the game yeah which that turns the entire thing on its head and insomniac also does a great job with their storytelling uh like they've crafted this narrative with like peter parker miles morales and just a bunch of spider-man villains mm -hmm. all together and it's just, it's just a ton of fun um story's got a lot of heart so i've really been enjoying basically everything that they've been able to do over there and also it looks really nice 
I like pretty new games. <laughs> what can I Spider-Man. say? Spider-Man. Yeah, that, it's Spider-Man. I like old games sometimes, but I also like brand new games sometimes. When's it work? And like, look right? Yeah. And you're like, look at oh, that. Fun fact. I haven't encountered this myself, but it's been going around on the internet. Yeah. You can be, sometimes if you select a new suit, and the new suit won't load, and it just defaults to a regular old blender cube. Okay. So you're a white cube swinging around. <laughs> And so they'll probably patch it, almost it works. by the time this has come out. <laughs> but it's very funny to watch. There's videos of it on YouTube that, that you can watch. That feels very like Kirby or something. Yeah, right just here. wee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, we're going to say a big thank you to everyone here at the Command Zone for making this and all of our episodes possible. Thank you to Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Gaurav Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Long, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy Wong, and of course to Josh Murphy for murfing it up with me today. The Murfolk. Doing a murfing it around with a murf. Yeah, we're, we're, we're murfing it up, up in here. <laughs> Appreciate you taking the time. It's always fun to have you. Thanks. And uh, thank you for watching. We hope you enjoy this deck and all of the decks from Lost Caverns of Ixalan. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Farewell, arrivederci saying adieu. 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 Adieu or adieu. something. Adieu. One adieu. Adieu. <laughs> yeah, adieu or adieu. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just went. <laughs> leave that in, please. Oh, it's, uh... <laughs> you can leave that in, editors. It's fine. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.